Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast where each week I speak to a special guest about their life, what they've been up to and their mental health journey if they've had one. You're listening to episode 11 of series 4. I hope you've had a nice bank holiday weekend and a good play jubes. I hated that phrase when I first heard it but it's definitely a grower isn't it? I've just had a whole week off and it's been really nice to have a little break with the long bank holiday weekend. I went to visit my granddad, which was lovely, and I've got a few jobs done around the house, but I'm getting a new kitchen fitted next week, so the mellow week is probably going to turn into me having an anxiety-induced meltdown by the late morning on Monday, so wish me luck. But let's talk about this episode's special guest. So this week, I'm speaking to Ewan Thomas, MBE, who at the time of recording was the UK 400 metre world record holder with a time of 44.36 seconds, set on the 13th of July 1997, until it was beaten just last month by Matthew Hudson-Smith. So a massive congratulations to Matthew because beating the record that has stood for over 25 years is incredible. You and I spoke about that record and he even predicted that someone would beat it in the near future. So I now think that Ewan can see into the future because that's pretty spooky, isn't it? But without further ado, here is the Stress Sessions with Ewan Thomas, MBE. Welcome to the podcast, you and Thomas. It's lovely to have you on, mate. Thank you for having me. I know, I know you've been, well, we've been speaking for a while, haven't we, about getting me on. And yeah, it just, it just seems life becomes so busy. And I've actually tried to slow down the amount of podcasts I'm doing. But I, I think what yours stands for and everything it's about is it, it, is brilliant. And that's why I've agreed to come on. And yeah, looking forward to it. I've got a cup of tea and a beer. So I wasn't quite sure. Of like where the where the mood will take us, so I'm I'm hedging my bets a little bit. <laughs> Depends how deep we get, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll start with a tea and see, we'll see what happens. I mean, one one of the reasons that this has taken a little bit longer to organise is because you you had a you had a child, didn't you? You had a little baby boy a couple of months ago, and um, massive congratulations. I think he's a couple of months old now, but that must have sort of tied you out a little bit over the last couple of months. Actually, if, if I'm honest, he, he is as good as gold, like touch wood. With my first boy, Teddy, he had lots of health complications and a lot of issues, and unfortunately, that still continues. So he has been, I wouldn't want to say hard work because he's an absolute joy, but it, it is hard work. Whereas Dougie sleeps through the night. He's um, very chilled out, very different to his big brother. You know, Teddy's full of energy, very hyperactive questions everything you say and just runs away and only can be tamed by lollipops and chocolate. Whereas like Dougie at the moment is just like placid, chilled out, a really cool kid. So yeah, no, it, it, it obviously it's a busy time when you've got a, a newborn, but I oh, love it. Love it. Life changing for the better. That's good to hear. Like, because I mean, parenting, I'm not a parent myself, so I, I can't relate at all, but 
from through a lot of the podcasts I've listened to and people that I've spoken to, parenting is very hard. And how would you say that parenting, because you're a relatively new dad, aren't you? Sort of like you've, your other son, Teddy's three and a half years old. So how's that kind of impacted your life and your mental health kind of for the last couple of years? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I was one of those people who used to prejudge people and I'd see like a little kid having a stroke in Tesco's and I'd think, crikey, control your child, look at that spoiled brat. But it's only when you've got a kid and you realise the mood swings they go through and and how hard it is to be a parent. I won't, I won't lie. I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try and put people off because it's also absolutely amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me by miles. But it is a, it is a game changer, you know, especially for someone like myself who... You know, I don't mind admitting it. I, I've always been a very, very selfish person. I've had to with my career. It's always been about me. I've done an individual sport where I'd go and travel the world and, you know, go warm weather training for two or three months at a time. And I, did, I didn't really care who it affected as long as it made me run faster. Um, I would do everything I could do to be the best that I could be. And, and all of a sudden now your life is not about you whatsoever. And, I, and I'm cool with that. I absolutely love it. And it's it's all about doing everything you can for your, for your loved ones. And it makes me now look at my parents differently, thinking, well, hang on a minute, maybe that's why they acted like they did in that situation, because, you know, they were doing what they thought was best for me. And it, it does make you look at life so differently. And and although, as I said, it, it's tough, especially with Teddy with, with his health, health issues, it's so rewarding. Like it, it, It's the best thing ever. And I came into it quite late, really. And I, and I look back now and I think, crikey, I wish I'd done this years ago, because I know it's made me a better person by by a million miles I'm a better person having become a father that's lovely to hear I mean I I feel like I'm getting on a little bit and need to start having kids myself because I'm slowing down and I'm only in my early 30s so oh you've got you've got ages I I think I I think I had Teddy I had Teddy when I was 40 45 I think or 44 yeah so yeah I got I got into it quite late but to be honest, I'm quite young at heart myself. I'm a bit a bit of a hyperactive idiot. So I, I don't feel my age whatsoever. And I, and I think that's quite important. I, I act around my children how how I want them to be a little bit as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's discipline. There's times to be strict and so forth. But Teddy, for example, has got so much energy. He's just like a little firecracker. He runs around all day. doesn't wear himself out. And, and I absolutely love that. I'd never try and change that or tame that. I just, you know, try and encourage him. He does lots of different sport already. And um, yeah, just try and let him find his own way. And yeah, we're all different in life, aren't we? But um, yeah, Ted, Teddy, Teddy. Yeah, it's quite early to say with Dougie, but Teddy by far has made me a much better man. You know, one hundred percent. I speak to people all the time, and yeah, you know, I used to take the mic out of my mate Tim, who's got three kids. And honestly, I used to go around his house. And I used to call it the house of doom because one was always sick. Um, it was always really loud. And I'd be there for like 20 minutes. I'd have, mate, I'll leave you to it. And I went back to my little bachelor pad on my own and shut the door. And I thought, oh, I did not want that life ever. And honestly, now I've got it. It's like the best thing ever because it's just, it's just unorganized chaos. It's just like no two days are the same. Like Teddy will just come and say something totally random. And he's got to the stage where he's asking lots of questions. I quite like it. You know, I read him a, a book in bed. And I don't know, maybe something about, uh, I don't know, a, a lion loving his cub or something. And he said, Dad, what's love? And you have to explain, oh, you know, you know, you like Dee Dee at nursery. Yeah, well, it's more than that. It's like you like her so much, you love her. Oh, I think I love her. You know, and it's just like, you know, you have to explain words and, 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 and you know, you know, what, what, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the gym. Why? Oh, I'm going to go and get myself some muscles. What are muscles? And I have to show him what the muscles are. And, you know, it's, it's just, 
he's, he's a really cool age where he's inquisitive about absolutely everything, but you do have to be really careful. Like the other day, I caught myself in the car, like, I don't know, someone was driving badly ahead of me, and I was like, oh, for goodness sake, come on, you idiot. And they'd be like, oh, for goodness sake, come on, you idiot. You know, you, just, you have to really, they're like little sponges. They, they absorb absolutely everything. So I have to, I'm, I'm at the stage now where I really have to mind what I'm saying in front of him. I think that's going to be one of my main things is that I need to stop swearing because I swear a lot and well, I do, can't I do, do that around well. kids. Yeah, I do as well. And, and, I, and I try my hardest not to. And I must admit, occasionally a little word will come out. And I think, oh dear. He says a couple of words quite well, actually, which he, which he shouldn't, but I still find it really amusing. So like, I make him leave a voice note for some of my mates sometimes. And, 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 you know, I don't know what you're allowed to say on this on your podcast. I don't want to swear. But, yeah. You're allowed, you're allowed to swear, mate. It's all good. Well, I yeah, well, I, I don't know how it came up, but he heard me say titties once and then and he was like, titties! <laughs> and then, so whenever I'm on the phone to someone, I leave a message, I say, oh, yeah, tell Rob you like titties. He goes, oh, I love titties. But he says it really well. So his speech is quite um, slow because, of, he, as I said, he had a few health issues and one of which we didn't realise he couldn't hear properly. So we had to have an operation last year. Mm. So he's slightly behind on his speech, but he's not when it comes to saying titties. He's absolutely brilliant at that. So yeah, I know it's really bad and you shouldn't do that. But it, it, when, when, you, when you hear your child say something he shouldn't the first time, you can't help but laugh, I'll be honest. You, you have a little giggle to yourself. So, but he knows now that that's a bad word. So he doesn't, he doesn't say it much. What is one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? Oh, do you know what? It's um, it's Elton John. Um, is it called our song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your or your, your song? Or, yeah. If I was a sculpture, and then again, no. I just, I don't know. I just, I really like that song. And it's funny you say that. If I'm ever in a bad mood, I'll just get the Alexa on and I'll put that song on, and it totally changes my mindset. And it's just like it just, it just the words are so deep on that song, and it just, yeah, I really like it. You know, certain. I mean, music's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, I was. I was in the car the other day and I was in a bit of a bad mood and Gary Barlow came on, you know, that song, Today This Could Be. And, and I was just like, wow, I love the greatest day of our life. And it just really changed my mindset. And then likewise, if I'm going to the gym and I feel a little bit flat, you know, I put a bit of M&M or something on, whatever, and, you know, it just gets you pumped up. And so, yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one song, it would be, yeah, Elton John. I'm going to say our song. Everyone would probably correct me. It's probably your song. But yeah, that that's the one. Love it. I think it's your song, but it's a, it is a great yeah. song. I, th- yeah, I think Elton John, Elton John's one of those people. I, I didn't used to like be too bothered by him a couple of years ago. And then I think it's since the, the Elton John film came out and I've just like, oh, absolutely Rocket, loved this. Yeah, oh, amazing. The, rela- the relationship he has with his songwriter and, you know, and the longevity he's had in that career. You think about El- Elton John is an absolute legend. Like, oh, I'm, and he doesn't do bad songs, does he? I, I can't no, even think no. of any rubbish songs. You know, you think, you know, there's people like him in the world who are just like, you know, I, I like Oasis as well. I'm sort of that generation, that kind of music, you know, but I just think they haven't really done many bad songs. But Elton John has to be up there with just just a genius, really. Amazing. Do you know what? I finished talking to you. Not that you haven't cheered me up, but you have. But I'm going to probably go listen to that before I go to bed tonight. Love it. It's a great <laughs> song. You, you get these barriers that come up and you get these instances in life like a death or something tragic that happens in your life and your mental health's affected and it's like it's how you deal with that and move forward and kind of cope the best that you can in kind of making your life better yeah what I found is you know I, I think for me we've, we've all got to try and find your coping mechanism and 
there will be days when you'll have a down day and you know I, I think with mental health nowadays it's a lot more acceptable to talk about it whereas before people will bottle it up and no I'm fine stiff up a lip very British get on with it but I think you need to find whatever it is in your life that can hopefully keep you to maintain a nice level of okayness if you want or if you're not okay you've got to realize that's okay it's okay not to be okay and it's also okay to reach out for some help be it from a stranger if that's more comfortable or a friend or a colleague at work but find something that I, I now can see the signs I know when I'm going slightly downhill and the missus will say go down the gym like, you, I know your mood's coming on in it and I say yeah it is or go for a run or whatever it is but for me going to the gym or going to do some exercise normally will we'll, we'll flip my mood around or at least halt it at least we'll, we'll not get it we won't let it get any worse it will stay as it is but you know I know if I don't exercise for like a week or something like that then I start to get really ratty and that's when dark thoughts come in mind and self-doubt and pity and and why me or whatever or you know I start looking on the negative things in life which we all do um, but for me exercise is my go-to sort of happy place for someone else, it might be going to the cinema or playing games or, or whatever, watching films or going to a restaurant, whatever, or going out, whatever. But I think, you know, if you if you find what helps you and you're lucky enough to realise those signs when you're going a little bit downhill, then I try and cut it off at the crossroad. I try and go, right, that's it, I can feel it. I know I'm, I know I'm grumpy, I'm going to the gym. Did, did it take you a while to find out what your coping mechanisms were or did, did you sort of know them instantly? Because, I mean, you've always... I mean, sport is your career, so you've always been massively in sport. Did you know that straight away or did you take time to sort of recognise that? No, I didn't know it. No, I mean, definitely within my career as an athlete, when I had lots of injuries and that got me really down, like the fact I couldn't do what I loved doing. And it was my job as well, so it was horrific having to miss championships and stuff. But I think it's only later on in life, years later now, that I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to realise and accept that I'm not feeling great. And normally nine times out of 10, you know, the, the biggest barrier sometimes is, you know, realising something's wrong and, and opening that front door and going for a run or taking that step outside or lifting up that phone, speaking to someone. That's sometimes the hardest bit. But personally, I've never, ever come back from doing exercise feeling worse than when I set off. So I know that. So I now know if I'm getting a bit grumpy, although I may not feel like going training and sometimes I have to really force myself to do it. Yeah, you know, I'll go training and, and, and afterwards I'll, I'll I normally feel a lot, lot better. So, you know, I know then for me, if I don't maintain a level of fitness or um, a way to get out of the house and go and speak to other people, and sometimes it's just a chatting of absolute nonsense with some meter down the gym who in every day of life, we wouldn't have that much in common, but yet we've got the gym in common and they're great people and I can go there. And, you know, even today I went to the gym chatting to, there's a massive geezer in there. We call him Tiny, he's about six foot nine. And, you know, just talking rubbish about what he's been doing on the building site that day or what he's having for dinner or what he's about to deadlift. And, you know, you just chat to other people. It just gives you, you know, you, you just be able to talk about nothing, really. And sometimes that, that's what it takes is to talk to someone, not necessarily about feeling low. And I get back in the car on the way back from training and I'm like, oh, I feel way better now. And I don't know really what the moment was while I went training that suddenly changed my mood, but I know it changed it. I think sometimes the pointless chats are the best chats. So when you talk, talk literally about nothing, it makes you not makes you forget about what you, how you're feeling or what you're thinking, but it just sort of like takes you away from it a little bit. It makes you kind of like yeah. shut that off and just concentrate on you and that shit conversation, I guess. Definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, you, 
I say the gym, for example, you know, there's lots of really funny characters who go there and, you know, it's quite interesting to listen to their, their day or what's happened to them at work or what so-and-so has done during their lunch break. Or, and you just think, it just makes you laugh, really. It just makes you realise, as I said, it always goes back to the same thing. Life was pretty short. So if you're feeling like you're getting stuck in a rut, try your hardest to find something that helps you get out of it. Some people aren't lucky enough to realise they're going into that darkness, you know. But I, I've I've grown to sort of see the signs a little bit. And um, and I think the hardest thing as well for me is 99.9% of the time, I've got absolutely no no reason to feel low. And that's the weirdest thing that, you know, if something bad happens, you can accept it. Wow, that's put me in a down, downward spiral. So-and-so's died or this is out and all that has happened. But sometimes I just find myself feeling a bit low for no apparent reason. And then you have self-guilt thinking, why on earth am I feeling like this? I don't even have any reason. There's people out there way worse off than me. And there are. But, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't really care, you know, your mind. You know, if, if, you, if you start to feel low for whatever reason, try and get some help. If you can't help yourself by finding what helps you get out of that rut, then try picking up the phone and, you know, speaking nonsense to a friend or whatever it might be. I've been in, I've been down that path before where I've just been so low and like it's, it's taken, it's taken me until I started doing this podcast to kind of like actually sort myself out and be like, oh, I actually need to get help and he's going to get therapy and start chatting to people more. And it's this, this has given me sort of the confidence to like go out and do that. And I think that, some people don't have that and some people don't have the kind of I guess friendships and groups to go and speak to people and that's where those great great charities come into play and there's lots of amazing charities that people can go and speak to that are there around the clock 24 7 um and I'm very grateful for them because I've actually used them once so it's yeah. um yeah. And, and also great podcasts like this where people can listen and realize they're not alone you know because I think that's one of the weirdest things about feeling low you can feel very isolated and very lonely and you think I'm the only one going through this, but clearly you won't be. There's, there's lots of people who have their own demons and their own stresses in life. And, you know, and I think the more people that can realise that, you know what, it's okay, you know, you're not on your own if you're sitting in a flat on your own or you, you are actually physically on your own wherever you are or, or you're not and you've got a family but you can't talk to them so it makes you feel alone. You're not on your own. There'd be millions of people who feel like that. So, I think at the end of the day, I, I try I try and just be nice to people and kind to people. And, you know, whenever I go out for a run, for example, if I pass someone, I always say morning, even if they don't say good morning back, because for one person that might turn around and say, oh, good morning. You know, that might be any interaction I have that day. There's a lot of people who do live on their own. So I, I, I think in the last couple of years, I've tried to speak to people a lot more. You know, I sat to a guy at a petrol station today, for example. They were about to shut the petrol station off. As I pulled in, there were barriers. I went, oh, no. I entered the window. I said, mate, I'm on fumes. I'm literally on fumes. He goes, come in. He went, oh, right, hello. Do you live down here? And I went, yeah, yeah, I do. So where are you from then? And he goes, oh, I'm from East Yorkshire. I'm just, I work on the pumps doing whatever he was doing. And I just had a five-minute, I just chatted with him. You know, he was asking how I, why do I live down in Southampton. I explained about that. And, you know, just chit-chatting about nonsense. And it was actually quite nice. I'll never meet that guy again. I didn't even ask his name. But, you know, just for all you know, he's having a rubbish day and that little bit of interaction, you know, it, it, it might mean something to him or, or vice versa. I might have been having a really rubbish day and just chatting to him made my day. You know, it was just quite, you know, what I'm trying to say is strangers don't have to be strangers. You know, you can talk to them even for that little split two minutes that you pass or a little smile on the tube, whatever it might be. 
those small little actions could have a massive reaction. So I, I try and live like that. Don't get me wrong. 99% of the people I go in the morning when I run past and look at me like, what do you want? You know, but, you know, it doesn't matter to me because if I get through to that one person who wanted to hear good morning or, you know, it, make, it makes a difference. That's something that I kind of miss about lockdown because you, you know when there was that period that you're only allowed out the house to do exercise for an hour and then everybody just started walking, everybody started doing running and stuff like that or cycling. Everybody said hello to you. Everybody said, like, everybody is so nice and welcoming, like putting their hand up, stuff like that. No, you don't yeah. get any of that. It's back, back to normal that, that, again. That's, that's what it's like living up north full time. Northerners are friendly. Wherever you go up north. True. Oh, true. really? Oh, 100%. Where about you're a southerner, obviously. Whereabouts, whereabouts are you from? I'm Milton Keynes, so oh, middle. Yeah. The, the concrete jungle. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I lived in the Midlands for a while, like Derbyshire, and I, I just found everyone was like so morning. Your morning pet, hey, up pet. And then, you know, didn't use to lock my door. Just leave it open and go out for the day. It was honestly people, people that would cause a bit of divide there. But I think, yeah, of course you get lovely southerners as well. But generally, people up north, very friendly. You mentioned that, and I've, I've read read about it as well. When you had your injuries at the end of your career, and it, I, I read that you were in a really deep dark place and you were struggling to get out of bed and you were in a sort of state of depression. How did you kind of overcome that period? How did you get out of that? I don't know if I ever really got out of it, if I'm honest. I just kind of like never spoke to anyone about it. It, it was a weird situation where I felt I couldn't really talk to my close mates about it because they looked at me as their, their mate who'd done really well, travelled the world, got medals from every single major championships, was successful. And you know, they didn't see the lonely me when I was injured and I couldn't train for months on end and how low I got. And, and in the end, by the time I was 24, really my career was over. I started going down here, getting lots of injuries, couldn't train properly. So I felt I couldn't talk to anyone. And in reality, of course I could. I know that now. And that's the only advice I'd give to anyone. But don't worry if you think someone's going to judge you. That You'll always have a friend or even, as I said, a stranger, someone out there who will listen to you. And don't don't bottle it up. Make sure you talk. And, you know, I still get my down days, but I just think you know, that, 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 was a t- that was the topic or that was the, the segment of my life, you know, being an athlete at the time. I thought that would be everything. But so silly. But now I'm, now I'm a dad, like... My children mean more to me than any medal I've ever won. You know, I'd give everything away uh, just for five minutes with my kids. You know, it just puts things in perspective. So at the time, it's the same as depression. I think at the time when you think I can't get any lower, there's no way out. There will be sunshine around the corner. You will get out of it and you'll find something in your life that makes you know there's a reason to worth and there's a worth to you and there's a reason to live. And, you know, at the time when I was injured, you know, I didn't have family or kids and I was just like, why me? Why me? You know, I felt sorry for myself. And then now I look back, I think, well, maybe that was my destiny. Maybe I was only meant to have two or three good seasons. And I was meant to struggle in life to realise, actually, the tough times made me realise how great the great times were. And it sounds a bit cliche, but I think without the dark times in our lives, perhaps we wouldn't appreciate the great times as much. If everything was always easy, then it would just become every day. But I think, you know, when you go through tough times, it makes you appreciate when things are good. I'd known back then what I would then go on to do. Like I've, I've met some brilliant people and I still get to touch with, do some brilliant work and do some great stuff and travel the world all off the back of what I did in the late nineties as an athlete. I didn't think it would last this long, you know? So yeah, I'm really grateful. Sport has, sport has given me a great life. You know, it's changed everything about my life and, you know, it, it's, it's definitely made me a better person. So I've just dropped 
to pick him out. Um, it's definitely made me a better person. So yeah, I think I think, and also even as an athlete, that the, the worst seasons I had, or the injuries, or the World Championship finals where I messed it up, and I thought, what an idiot! I, I, I learned from those bad races, and I ran better the following year. So I think I've taken that through to my sort of my adult life, if you want. You know, I, I realise there's dark times, but I also realise stick with it because around the corner something will happen that will make you smile. So I think you just got to realise. Yeah, you won't always get dealt a really good card. You'll feel sorry for yourself and you'll have some bad luck in life, but so will a lot of other people. You've got to pull your socks up and and, and, and as much as you can, realise that. And that After every every cloud and storm, there will be some sunshine. And that's what I, that's what I tell people now. This is an advert. This is an advert. Since giving up alcohol last year for my mental health, I've been searching high and low for a zero alcohol product that still has the great taste and quality as an alcoholic one. And I think I've finally found the one in Unlimited Beer. In fact, with a choice of lager and an IPA, Unlimited Beer has got me covered from all angles. Whether I'm watching football at home or planning a barbecue with mates in the warm weather, I can have a few cheeky bottles without the alcoholic content and most importantly, without the hangover. Whether you're teetotal or are considering giving up alcohol for a while or are just sober curious, why not try Unlimited Beer? At just 23 calories a bottle, you just can't go wrong. And by entering the discount code LUKE10 at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off any order through www.unlimited.beer. That's www.unltd.beer. On Instagram, you're really like just completely you there's no filter at all no and you'll you'll say if you're having a shit day but you'll also say when you're having an amazing day so like there's there's that healthy balance have you always been that open with your feelings in terms of like i'm feeling shit today i'm having a really good day so like have you always been like happy to talk about that sort of thing no i haven't actually and i've not always been like that but what i have realized through social media like the amount of messages i get like you just i saw you smile when you said about it like I genuinely know that I make a difference to some people's lives. And, and, and I think it's important to keep it real. Like you said, I'll, I'll go on there. And if I'm having a great day, I'll say about, you know, just, oh, I'm loving today, great mood. And also go on and say, I'll be honest with you, I'm not having a good day today. And I think people really respect that if you, if you are true. I'm not one of those people who like puts a glossy filter and everything and, oh, look at my life on Instagram. Look how clear this blue water is on the holiday. I'm, I'm not about that whatsoever. I think it can be really damaging and, and, it, and it's a bullshit world. Like people will show their best lives. And yeah, it's nice to show how posh your dinner is or how, how lovely your holiday is. But I, I think I think it's, certainly with young young kids nowadays feeling the pressure to look a certain way and look all chiseled and everyone uses their filter. That, that's why I think with, with my Instagram, I try and be as honest as I can be and, and if I am having a rubbish day then, then then I'll show that and I just try and be just try and be me really and and I know for a fact the amount of messages I get on a daily basis where people are like you know I've been having a really bad day at work or me and the missus are going through a bit of a bad time we both sit down in the evening and watch your stories and we start laughing or or you know it's, it's just nice to see and don't get me wrong there's sometimes where where, where my office will say to me oh, you know, you probably should be a little bit more professional in there, you know, this, and that's well, I'm not going to change for anyone, but yeah, but you don't know who's looking at it and, you know, you might get more work off the back of it if you were very professional. And I said, oh, no, nah, I, don't, I don't do social media for, for those reasons. Uh, if, if someone likes me and they want to use me to like, advertise their products or to do a speaking event, 
they like me because they like me and I'm not going to suddenly totally change and be all corporate. So, so yeah, I, I, and I try and follow people who are positive as, as well. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's getting that right balance. It's striking that right balance of, of, of you know, being fun on there and being informative and, and hopefully helping people. And, I, and that's what I try and do. In, in terms of, like, you mentioned your mates, uh, do you, because, I mean, there's that stigma around blokes speaking about their mental health and, like, I, I always try and put stuff up on Instagram around, like, messaging mates go and have a pint down the pub or like go for a coffee or something like that or go and watch a football and just just have a chat like have you or, or do you find it easy speaking to your mates about stuff like that or, or, if, or do you struggle with or is it sort of like developed over time yeah no, I, I don't really talk about like a lot of my lives my mates live a long way away and you know I'm just really busy so I don't even see see them that much but I suppose like you said, it's not. I, w- I wouldn't sort of go to someone. Oh, I'm having a really, really tough, tough time. Can I can I speak to you, please? I probably you know message someone. Are you going to the gym tonight? Yeah, yeah, cool. But good to catch up. And you know, and I just and I just know I'll bump into that person at the gym or someone else and and chat nonsense to them. Or you know, quite often I'll, I'll pick up the phone. Or you know, I've got mates of mine who are on a daily basis. You think my Instagram's mental? Like some of the, I, I send voice notes to my friends like the most random stuff, but but I know that'll make them laugh and likewise they'll message me back and I'll just think, oh, it's really nice to hear from them. That, that, that's come at a really good time. Well, you know, I've had a couple of people reach out to me recently. They didn't know, but they just, you know, I've been having a bad day or something and they're just, just checking in, hope you're all right, mate. And, you know, they'd leave a funny message or, or fart down the phone or something. And I just, it would just, I just feel that's brilliant. You know, I just, that came at just the right time. So, yeah. So, no, I think it is important to try and reach out if you can, but people find that hard to do. So, if that's not your style or, or way of dealing with things, just pick up the phone and start talking to a mate about, like you said, about football or about, I don't know, just, just nonsense, really. And then you probably get off the phone at the end and feel a little bit better. You know, because you remember whatever you're going through, you might not know, but someone else might be going through that as well. So if you're having a bad day, pick up the phone and phone that mate, because for all you know, they're having a worse day. And by you making that effort to phone them, which in turn will make you feel better, you might have made their day. So you know, I, I think it's all about just reaching out to people. And, you know, if, if people are good friends, if they're too busy to chat, they, they won't answer the text. I'm really busy, mate. I'll call you later. Or, you know, I sometimes do that. If I've got time to chat or I'm not feeling like it, I'll just be honest with my mother. I'll be honest. Text back. So like, I'm not in the mood to chat at the moment, mate. So, and then they'll pursue it and keep trying to call me. So, uh, yeah, people can see the signs. But, yeah, I, I think 100%, the mental health side of things in the last couple of years has become a lot more... Um, openly talked about and uh, that can only be a good thing because that make, makes people realise when they're at home feeling that way that they, they won't be alone in those thoughts and, and like you said there's great charities you've you've spoken to people before if you, if you don't feel comfortable with talking to a work colleague or a friend or your loved ones then talk to strangers because sometimes that's a lot easier to be fair you know if you're having a bad time sometimes talking to someone who doesn't know you who you believe won't judge you is a good thing but I can tell you, your mates won't judge you if you're feeling low anyway. If they're real friends, they're good people, it's all good. Yeah, that's, I think that's the fear most of the time, isn't it? Of people actually opening up and speaking about stuff like that because people are like, oh, my mates are going to think less of me or like my parents think less of me or whatever. Whereas at the end of the day, those those people are the closest people to you that are going to care for you the most. So they'll they'll care for you more than what a random stranger will. But for some reason your brain operates in that way where you think, oh, this stranger doesn't know me. They're not going to care what I'm saying or think they're just going to sort of 
help me through it. But really, at the end of the day, it's 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 kind of like your mates and your parents and stuff like that that are the people that are going to help you the most, I guess. Yeah, well, sometimes you think you're going to be a burden on someone, so you don't want to go to a loved one because you think, I don't need to stress them with my worries. They've got their own stuff to deal with. But, you know, as I said, 99% of the time, they'd probably be really proud that you, you went to them and said, you know, just to let you know I'm going through a bad time at the moment, or so I'm not my normal self, I'm, I'm not feeling it. And they'd be, what's the matter? Well, I don't know. That's all right. I'm going to go for a drink, I'm going to go for a walk, you know. In the first lockdown, I used to meet up with my mate for a walk, going with the dogs once a week. He, he approached me once, he said, I'm going for a walk with the dogs. And I thought, it's weird, isn't it? And then when I thought about it, I thought, oh, maybe he's having a bad time. He's not at work, he's stuck at home. You know, and then, and then you realise that's their way of reaching out. And by going for a little dog walk and talking nonsense, it 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 was something for them to do that day and take their mind off their, their horrible thoughts they're going through or, or their loneliness or whatever it might be. So yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is talk. Um if you're feeling low, realise you're not going to be alone in those thoughts and just keep hold of the fact it will get better. Yeah, you can have a, a blip along the way, I have no doubt. You know, you, you, your mind will take you to another dark place at some point. But when you get a little a little grip of all oh, this some some sunshine, hold on, hold on to it and pull yourself out. And, that, and that's what I try and do and focus on the positive things because it's very easy to focus on the negativity. There's so much negative stuff around. I mean, quite now, monkeypox now. What's next? Oh, we're, yeah. We're, probably, we're going to probably get, we'll probably have a lockdown with this soon. You know, and, and, and but... I'm already semi-preparing myself for that, thinking, God forbid it gets really bad, because obviously everyone's health is the most important thing, but God forbid, if this now is the next COVID or whatever, then we might have some tough times ahead. You know, I heard on the on the radio tonight that, you know, energy prices are going to go up another 80%, and I'm like, oh, I pay about 500 a month already for my electric, or something crazy. How can it go up more? But then I think, right, there's people in worse situations than me, so, you know, it is what it is, deal with it. And I think sometimes in life, you just have to remember, yes, there will be bad times around the corner. Yes, there'll be spanners in the work in the works which you don't anticipate. But also, there'll be good things that will happen to you that you won't anticipate. You know, you, you, you might have a, you know, a windfall at work or something good will happen or a new job offer comes through or you meet, you meet the, the love of your life, whatever it might be. Something will come around that corner that you least expect it, when you least expect it, and you'll go, wow, that's good. So hold on to those positive things. So that's why that, that's how I try and live. And it's easier said than done. because so I've been a grumpy ass all day. I've been in a bad mood. I have. So, so I'm not preaching and lying, saying, you know, I'm the happiest man alive. I'm not. I've been in a right grump today. But tomorrow's another day. And uh, I think something good can happen tomorrow. Yeah, so positive. And you're going to listen to it with John after this. I am, but I'll have to listen to it really quietly because I wake the kids up. But yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to you and 20 years ago when you were going for your tough patch? I'd, I'd say the same thing that I would say to the, the same me 30 years ago when I was stressing about my GCC results or will I get the A-levels I need to go to uni and oh my God, my life's over if I don't. No, it wouldn't have been over. It wouldn't have been, I would have gone on a different path and it would have been all right. And I said the same to the same me 20 years ago when I thought my career was over as an athlete. What on earth am I going to do with myself? I'm 24. My body's broken. What can I do? You'll be all right. Life has got a funny way of working itself out. And for whatever stresses you have in your life at this moment in time, be it school, be it relationships, be it work, whatever pressures you feel, it will feel like everything at the moment because you put so much emphasis on that. And, and I'm not saying education isn't important. And I'm not saying, you know, being stressed about exams 
you know, isn't a good or a bad thing. It's going to happen. But what I would say is you'll find your way. Some of the most interesting people I've met, they didn't know what they were going to do with their lives. And, you know, and, and I've met some brilliant people. And I thought, well, when did you know this? Well, I don't know. I've got mates of mine who are like really entrepreneurs who have done so well. I'm like, but when did you have that moment or that idea? I don't know. Just like that. So I went with it and, you know, I had the balls to go for it. And I, I risked a lot. And look at, look at it. It paid off. So I don't know what I would say to, the, to me 20 years ago. You go through a tough time at the moment, but you're going you're gonna to be all right. And I said, guess what? One day you're going to have two kids and you're going to absolutely bloody love being a dad. And all the shit you're worried about now is irrelevant because your skills are going to be needed to bring them boys up to be good young men. And that's all that matters. So I think whatever anyone is going through, don't worry. And it's easier said than done. Try not to worry. Try not to stress. You will be all right. Surround yourself with good people. Don't worry if you haven't got a plan to get out of it. Don't worry if you can't see a way out of it. You'll get out of it. It's a shame that you can't see into the future, isn't it? Because if you'd have seen yourself now, 20 years ago, how proud would you be? It'd be mad, wouldn't it? You'd be, you'd sort of like look forward and be like, shit, I accomplished all of that. Got two lovely kids. I've got a lovely wife. Maybe if you could see into the future, we'd all become complacent. We'd all, you know, it's weird saying it, but I'm not saying stress is a good thing because of course it isn't. I'm not saying having anxiety and worries is a good thing because of course they aren't. But maybe it's in our makeup. Maybe it's the way we're designed. And some people are lucky enough that they only have small amounts of stress and dark times in their life and they sell through it. Others worry about everything and don't need to worry about anything. So I, I, I just think the main thing is try and believe it will be all right. And there'll be people listening to this and watching this who've probably gone through a really bad time. And some people might not see a way out, you know? Some people might not see a way out. But I'm sure it will get better. And if you are rock bottom, it can only get better. I think it'd be pretty boring if we're all exactly the same in life, wouldn't it? If we were, if we were the same persona, the same personalities where... We, you know, just robots and, yeah, that would be boring. Uh, as I said, the most interesting people I know are pretty up and down people, you know. They get good days, they get bad days. And, you know, for me, I'm up and down, but I've got to tell you, when I'm up, I'm really up. You know, I'm naturally, like, I buzz off life when it's going well. Yeah, I'm not the nicest person to be around when, when I'm on a bit of a low patch, but I'm fun to be around when it's good. And, it, and it, it's, it's good more often than it's not. So I just think, you know, that I am, I am like life, you know. Some days it will be full of sunshine and happiness. Other days it will feel pretty crap. But the good days outweigh the crap days to stick with those crap days. I think I know what you're going to say, but what is your happiest place in the world? My happiest place in the world is, it sounds like I'm being biased because Dougie doesn't talk yet, but and Teddy just comes up for me for no reason, gives me a kiss and says, love you, Daddy. That's, that's my happiest place in the world. By far. Like, honestly. Or if I've been out and I come back and he goes, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. And he just runs up to you. It's like having a dog, you know, when you come back and your pet's happy to see whatever mood you're in, your dog's wagging his tail. That's what I mean. Kid is, the kid is like, you know, and, and kids are tough. Honestly. It's the, the explosive shitty nappies the mood, the stress of like, you, you know, three kids, you could just do what you want, when you want, you go, I'm going to I'm gonna pop out, I'll be in my car in 30 seconds, I'm gone. Get, getting in the car with kids now is probably half an hour. 
So they won't, well, I don't want to put those shoes on. I get them out of my trousers or I don't want these socks or I need a toilet or whatever it might be. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting at in a long-winded way is, yeah, my happy place will be with my kids. Like, yeah. Although they stress me out. Although sometimes I have to leave the house because that's too much for me. It's, it's brilliant. I can't wait to come home and see them. Like now already, I can't wait to see my boys in the morning. Like I can't wait. I can't wait for Teddy to shout, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah, just can't wait. That's my happy place. It's the best thing, and that and that will give you a reason to um to try to try and remain positive because you know kids kids feed off your mood, and like you know I I try to always be upbeat and happy around him and Dougie. It's just it, I keep saying him because it's it, with a newborn it's like yeah they're just like, they're just there at the moment you know like, wherever yeah, you leave yeah. them they're still there yeah but um yeah yeah be, being with my family is like yeah it's. It's the happy place. I kind of wish, it's weird saying it, but I kind of wish I had my boys years ago so they could have watched me run and stuff. I would have loved that for, you know, Teddy to be in the stands and, you know, doing a lap of honour and picking him out of the crowd. And, you know, but he, he gets it. He understands it. Funny enough, if I put a race on YouTube or something, that's my daddy. Yeah, it's cool. In fact, the other day we went to this farm, this farm thing, and there was these trampolines outside and this, this other kid was bouncing around and he, for some reason he was looking at me and he was going, Daddy, Daddy. And his daddy was, was there. And Teddy was all defensive. because no, that's my daddy. That's my daddy. Like, I was like, yeah. He's like, he was like, he's proud of me. It was funny. It was so funny. I said, no, Teddy, he's not. He knows I'm not his daddy. He's, he's talking to his daddy there. He's, he's looking at me. No, 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 no. Not your daddy. He's my daddy. He's, he's wicked. I know it's so stupid, but it's brilliant. Cats or dogs? Dogs. No comparison. I've had both dogs. Really? Oh, so I'm not going to go down the road if I've got a cat because I love my cat. Nothing wrong with cats. I've had, I've had a cat. <laughs> cats do what they want. They're selfish. They're all about them. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unconditional love. Get the right dog, though. Some dogs are quite hard work. But well, I've got a French bulldog and he's hard work, but he's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> City break or beach holiday? Beach holiday. Pizza or pasta? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I eat I eat more pasta, but I don't think you can't beat a good pizza. I'm going to pizza on that one. Good choice. That'd be my one. Yeah. Day or night? Think, think, think. Day or night? Yeah, day, day. Yeah, you can see people on the day. Night time. I'm I'm a bit. I'm like my mate used to describe me. We used to go warm with a training. And he used to say to me, because I'm, I'm not on it from like seven in the morning. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. But then come eight or nine at night, I'm gone. And he used to say that the, the, the flame that bur- burns twice as bright burns twice as fast. And that, yeah, that's how he used to describe me. Like uh, not, at night time, like now, normally now, I'll just be watching a bit of TV, having a bath, going to bed. I'm a day person. Shower or bath? Bath. Really? Simple, yeah. Bath every day. We've got, we've got a bath in the bed. We've got a bath in the bedroom. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, like, nice. It sounds well, well snobby now, but yeah, got, with TVs and all that, and like just sit there in the bath watching TV. Just love, love a bath. And bath time with the boys is fun as well. But that, that's funny when the kids in the bath time playing with all the toys and all that. So yeah, I'd say bath. And the final one is gym or running. 
That that's tricky, but it, uh, it has to be Jim. Has to be Jim. Run, running is different. Running is if I'm really stressed. Running is great, and I come back feeling amazing. Go for a long run, feel amazing. But in terms of the interaction with people, the the fun of it, the the noise, the, I was going to say the smell of it, but you know what I mean. Just gym, going to the gym. I went to the gym yesterday. I've been to the gym today. I'll go to the gym tomorrow. I don't know when I'm meant to run in. There's your answer. What do you do at the gym? What sort of ex- what exercises do you do? I sort of do strongman training, you know, like picking up oh, all the okay. stones and, and uh, yeah, it's brutal, but yeah, I just because it's different. I've never done that kind of thing before. So yeah, I do sort of strongman training, but yeah, I'm, I'm meant to be doing a competition in October, but I'm also meant to be doing the London Marathon in October, so I've got to do a bit of running. Oh. I just like to keep Gem really fit. I like to just keep Gem really fit, and I, I think it becomes a bit boring if you're a one-trick pony. So yeah, at the moment, I'd say gym is my place to go. Oh, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to get in trouble for a minute. I, I have not packed my bags for holiday yet. Have you not? When are you going? Is it tomorrow night? Yeah. Oh, you'll be fine. Like, just pack a few hours before you leave. <laughs> See, that, that, now you're talking for a man who doesn't have kids. Like, t- tomorrow will be taken yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, right, I'll let you oh, go, mate. good. Let me know when it's going out, and obviously I'll repost it and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Cool. Thank you, mate. No, it's been lovely chatting. Yeah, and, um... yeah. Keeping keeping in touch as well, and yeah. Let we'll me do. know how everything's going. All right then. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Lovely chatting. See you later. Bye, mate. Bye. See you later, mate. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you so much to Ewan for coming on the Stress Sessions. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please share with your friends, family or anyone who you think it might help. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can even subscribe and download the rest of the series. On a side note, I'm not a mental health professional, nor any of the guests that come on my show. These podcasts are purely based on my own personal experiences and those of my guests, alongside some simple hints and tips along the way. If you're suffering from mental illness, I've included a link in the podcast recordings notes to some of the amazing charities that will be able to help you by offering professional advice. So please take a look at them. Thank you so much again for listening and catch up again next week.